welcome to the Simple Minds Podcast, where six mates unpack three topics over a new drink each week. Fuck it, just go with that, we'll fix it if it's... Welcome to another episode, uh, I'm Marco, host for today, and in the room, I'll start with our guest for today, uh, Lucas Marta. Hey guys, sorry, was too self-absorbed in it being my last podcast to remember to introduce that Lucas, uh, on top of being a, a childhood friend of mine, is also a two-time uh, Olympic bobsledder and um, the you know his journey um, getting to the Olympics um, is something that I wanted to share with everyone, so I invited him along to be part of the podcast. So back to the actual show. Hey, how you going, guys? Michael Duncan. Hey, guys. Jacob Moffat, the prophet. <laughs> Afternoon. <laughs> Magic Manhattan. <laughs> Present. And Kanye Conrad West. <laughs> Good idea. <laughs> I'm in a better mood than the last time I hosted. <laughs> He's already said more now than he did in the last first half hour of last week. <laughs> yeah. yeah I think 50 it, minutes, wasn't it? Yeah, 50 yeah. minutes of silence. Wow. So hosting and on drinks today. Yeah, I have brought in a champagne, and actually Conrad has matched mm. quite nicely the level of champagne we've gone. Um, I brought cold? in, oh. yes, and and it is cold. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to keep that it out to like talk about it. Five years, Mate, that doesn't get old. Thirty-five episodes old right now. <laughs> <laughs> for true fans, for the ones that have been right back. Yeah. This this bottle's really special to me. I've been sitting on it for ages. I bought it quite a while back. Um, but it, it's a cool little story because the reason it's it's a um, Perrier Jouet Belle Epoque. Um, Belle Epoque's just a style of um, it's just when they're happy with the vintage, they put these really pretty pretty flowers on the bottle and they jack the price up ridiculously. <laughs> so um, that's basically what Belle Epoque means for that. But the reason I love this champagne is because it has really really close memories, uh, fond memories of hanging out with Dean, who I'm going to go be working in London with. Um, and today being my last show with you guys. Oh, I didn't mean to go woohoo just then, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. There you go. It is a celebration of yeah, sorts. Yeah. Exactly. It's a celebration. Yeah, cool. And so I really wanted to share it with you guys. Um, and Kanye West has also <laughs> brought in a bottle of Ruina as well. Oh, um, same, from the same place? Or uh, they're both, I mean, they're both from the region of oh. Champagne, I guess. Well, yeah, they are. Yeah, um, yeah, but they're, both, they're both very good. Real champagne. Champagne. I actually nearly yeah. bought that one. Oh, did you? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, not correct. that one, but there was one in the shop. That was yeah. So um, if you get if you drink sparkling anything, I think it's got to be champagne. I remember didn't I remember for you. Hey, the flowers didn't do it for you. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, you're not wearing your uh, coral pants today. You're very bland today, oh. Conrad. No, he's got a nice jacket on, man. Well, that's just blue. There's no colour in that. He's wearing a scarf as well, made him look intellectual. Hey, I was going to do that whole scarf thing that Marco did the other week, you know, where he wrapped it around like he had a sock around his neck. <laughs> yeah, I was looking at those photos. Anyway, while that? I'm pouring this, I might introduce... Oh, look at the um, colour. Very yellow. Yeah, what vintage yeah. is that, buddy? 1996. Ooh. Um, look I'll introduce today's guest, who is a childhood friend of mine. And we actually... How long had it been since we hung out? Um, did you guys hit puberty after? together? I'm still waiting to hit you. I'll make those jokes. Thank you very much. I've taken his facial hair. Uh, I don't even know the last time we hung out. Probably three years ago since I saw you, but before that properly. Maybe uh, Disneyland when we were in year six. Really? Disneyland. That was was great. 17 times on Space Mountain. (laughs) Mm. 
LA, that's LA, yeah. That was LA, Disneyland. LA, Disneyland. And um, two Argentine families finding each other way back in the day and hanging out in Perth. Oh, right, cool. I didn't realise you're from Argentina. Yeah, mum and dad are from Argentina. So no, you no, so none of your siblings born there? No, yeah, all three of us were born here. And then I think family, friends, I can't remember how our parents met. Uh, through has to be a barbecue of some sort. Salsa Probably. dancing. It was some sort of barbecue. <laughs> salsa dancing through the street. Maybe the same thing. Um, how many glasses we got? Who's missing a glass? By the way. Yeah, two more. Two more. Okay. That color is. Is Steph having one with us? Yeah, Steph. I want to. Do you want to get involved today? Yeah. Drink from the bottle. Sweet. It's definitely enough. Um, I brought a couple of extra glasses. Do you mind passing me one of those glasses there? Um, yeah, so they, we, they got introduced by just mutual friends, I'm pretty yeah. sure. And they're like, hey, you guys are both Argentinian, you should hang out. Um, <laughs> that's the way it works, really, isn't it? Back then, yeah. yeah. Right. Um, and then, yeah, like proper proper best buds back in the day, like <laughs> hanging out, fighting over Nintendo 64 games, oh. not speaking <laughs> to each other Amazing. until the next morning where your mum would always cook us pancakes oh, and stuff. Yeah. So. What was yeah. the go to game, Mario Kart? Or was it... Well, these guys are always playing. Um, Super Mario mm. okay. for ages and then because uh, they don't look like Genos right FIFA the, the old uh, <laughs> the France 98 <laughs> FIFA game we'd always used to play and Excellent. it would just it was get intense oh yeah oh yeah. man yeah. we'd have some big blowouts on that one Zelda Ocarina of Time oh, we'd always oh, hum Zelda. something from Zelda <laughs> for sure alright gents cheers salute cheers. Cheers. cheers oh and Steph sorry Steph Hey everyone. Hiding in the background with your camera. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers, guys. Can't wait to suck back on this. That's really nice. Hello. Wow. Mm. That's going to hit me quick. Oh, that's a lot of flavour. Yeah, mm. it's beautiful. It's intense, isn't it? It's quite, um, quite thick and not very effervescent for a... For a bubbles, hey? So you got a bit of a sour grapey, like, I don't mean to say grapes, but like a sour. <laughs> quite a sour. Sorry, Pete, if you're still listening. Yeah, yeah. But a sour kind of. Yeah. Yeah, it does, huh? I like it, though. Mm. My first yeah, drink the, in the nearly bubbles. five weeks. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, interesting. You know what? Maybe maybe it's actually just cooked. I don't know. There's not, there's, <laughs> there's not actually that, there's not that much sparkling in it. It's on, it's, it's on there. There is some in there, but um, anyway, special bottle. I still think it tastes nice. Mm, well, it is. Let's bring the book Maybe out. Bring, the, some, the, bring, some. bring that kid book out and scratch, <laughs> yeah. and, scratch and sniff. There it is. To, to Santiago's journey. Mm. So to the journey. Cheers, All the best. Cheers, Steph. Off to the pyramids. How do you say cheers well, in Argentinian? Off, off to Big Ben. Salud. Salud. <laughs> Salud. All right, that's uh, a third of the podcast down. Yeah. That's actually, uh, <laughs> sorry, sorry about that, everybody. You can stop hitting fast forward now. Um, we're going to go to a big assumption, though. What's that? That people hit fast forward. Oh, yeah. Are you telling me that's what you do? Well, they're, they're doing no, it right no, now. Just I, 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 yeah. <laughs> when Conrad I do starts with, speaking, I do it with Tim Ferriss the first like 10, 15. Yeah, know, because it's all ads, though. Yeah. yeah. Did you get your timing right? You're like, do, 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 boom, when you got it right. Yeah, it feels sometimes. Good, feels good. It's great. <laughs> We're going to go to Dunk first today on content. Yes. <laughs> what is it? Is it Sorry, I should have given a better segue. No, no, but no, uh, no. hey, mate, you're on. <laughs> <laughs> um, we have touched on this topic in little little bits and pieces over the, the course of the, of the podcast. 
and I want to talk a little bit more from a practical point of view about stoicism. And we have, I think, well, not every podcast, but I'm sure it sneaks in at least every second week. We talk some sort of form of stoic practice or, or philosophy. So I just wanted to go a little bit sort of more practical on it, what it is. But, but in fairness, I think we have to, well, this group largely demonstrates stoicism because to play in the space that we play in, both mentally and in, in the environments outside of here, it takes a, a, a level of discipline that most don't have. It does, it does. And obviously, it's, the Stoic philosophy is a philosophy of life. Yeah. It's something that is very practical that you can use day to day to try and control Influence. your life. Yeah. yeah. Um, and its main premise is really that you can't control outside events, right? So you have no control over things that you, you have no direct sort of say in it. Um, but you have control over the response to any yeah. situation. So that's kind of like the main premise of Stoicism. Um, it's a very practical philosophy, um, and it's really about leading a tranquil and um, virtuous life, I suppose, in the end. The car is the perfect example of being in the car. Using Stoicism on a practical day-to-day -day level is being in the car, somebody comes up your, up your bum, that sounds really bad. Uh, <laughs> and you're worried about my racist comments. <laughs> please, don't, please don't cut that. Uh, don't use it by itself. If somebody should come out of your arse, you know, and you're like... <laughs> that's better. That's a bit better, isn't it? Yeah. In the car. Um, and you have either... Well, you have a choice to make, pretty much, on how you react to that situation. <laughs> Talking driving here, Matt. Driving. Me? Matt's laughing at the better working than the enemies. Okay, so you've got a choice to get really angry and piss yourself off for the rest of the day, or you have a choice of ignoring it or acknowledging it. Yeah, that, and laughing. That, sorry? And laughing. And what? Acknowledging and just laughing. <laughs> exactly, yeah. And sort of getting on with your day, acknowledging it, going, yeah, <clears throat> dickhead, there you go and just get on and keep driving and ignore it. So that's kind of like a really practical form of Stoicism in its, in its kind of simplest form, I suppose. Um, it's a Greek, originally a Greek philosophy, um, dating back about 300 BC. And I think the guy's name was Zeno, who was the very first Stoic. And the word comes from Stoa, which is a, a patio, an outdoor patio, where he used to stand and talk and open up conversations and discussions and and talk about the philosophy. So, um, and a lot of it stems from Plato, Socrates, these sort of guys. So a lot of it, so a lot of these cynicism, all these different philosophies, kind of branched out from from the same area. Um, and then it moved through a couple of the guys, sort of cross fertilized into Rome, and it became a very powerful philosophy back in the Roman days. And I suppose it, it spanned about four four hundred and fifty years or so, up until sort of Marcus Aurelius was kind of like the last of the the great Stoic thinkers. But it's been it's had a kind of resurgence in the last 15 years or so, especially if Silicon Valley sort of took it on. Although over time, it's had a lot of influence on a lot of people. I, I think, I think it's, had a, it's, it's been present through, but I think it's, it has. Been, it's been had talked a, about yeah, more. It's come into culture a little yeah. bit more. I mean, I first heard of it through Timmy Boy, Tim Ferriss, on, on his podcast, um, and delved, delved into it and just was really, really interested in the practical aspect of it and, and the little things you can do using stoic practices to, to make your day better and just train train your brain. Um, it really, it's a superpower for adversity pretty much and to kind of embrace life. So the three sort of main stoic philosophers that you'll, that you'll read about are Seneca, uh, his book Letters 
to a Stoic, which is him discussing um, situations with his, with his friend Lucilius, I think it is. Um, Marcus Aurelius, which is probably the most widely known. I don't know if anybody, I think well, actually a few, I know a few of you guys have read a little bit of Mar Marcus Aurelius's meditations. He was, a, he was one of the last great Roman emperors. Um, I think he was actually in <laughs> a bit of pop art here, in, or pop culture in um, Gladiator. He was the guy on the front lines. I think can't remember Peter. I can't remember the guys, the actor who played who played him. Um, but so about 150 AD um, was on the front line of some hardcore <laughs> empire building um, and had to had to with, withstand a lot of stuff from his internally from government from from the people he was running and from obviously the German tribes and all the guys that were trying to crush the crush the Roman emperor. And he wrote a diary pretty much. Um, called Meditations, which is him really talking to himself and going through general situations that you would come up with, so the day-to-day. -day. And when I talk about the practical aspect of, of Stoicism, this one, there's one paragraph that I've used numerous occasions, early morning, to get out of bed. It's, uh, and I will read it to you now. So this is from Meditations. I can't remember which chapter it is, but um, I've literally used this, like rolled over in bed, got the phone, found this, and, and read it to myself. At dawn, when you have trouble getting out of bed, tell yourself, I have to go to work as a human being. What do I have to complain of? If I'm, if I'm going to do what I was born for, the things I was brought into this world to do, or is this what I was created for, to huddle under the blankets and stay warm? But it's nice in here. So you were born to feel nice, instead of doing things and experiencing them. Don't you see the plants, the birds, the ants and spiders and bees going about their individual tasks, putting the world in order as best as they can? And you're not willing to do your job as a human being? Why aren't you running to do what your nature demands? But we have to sleep sometime. Agreed, but nature set a limit on that, as, did it, as it did on eating and drinking. And you're over the limit. You've had more than enough of that, but not of working. There, you're still, there, you're still below your quota. So that's, I actually read that probably once every couple of months to get myself out of bed. It's such, again, a, such a practical, beautifully written, I mean, this is obviously all, um, I can't remember the, the best um, translation of Marcus Aurelius. We'll put that maybe in the show notes, the link to the best, mm -hmm. the best translation, but it really is, it's such a practical philosophy. And this is what I think so many people love it. I mean, from Bill Clinton to George Washington, Tim Ferriss, obviously, um, the New England Patriots. Um, well, 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 you've just named all great leaders and leaders and, and groups, the Patriots, yeah. that have achieved great things. And I think yep. it's the level of stoicism keeps you focused and on the actuality, not on other things that are outside of your control. Yeah, oh, definitely, definitely. Yeah, I mean, Bill, was it Bill Belichick, who was a New England coach, I think, has used aspects of stoicism to get his, his troops through winning, I think, what, five Super Bowls over the past 15 years or so. And as I said before, it's sort of kind of prevalent in Silicon Valley, you know, in the last sort of 10, 15 years, it's become a kind of, instead of doing sort of yoga and Buddhism, it moved to Stoicism as the kind of thing to do. So, um, and that's where I, where I started hearing about, it, as I said, Tim Ferriss. McGregor, but, Conor McGregor. Is he? he's, he's massive on it. Okay. And I, I mean, to be honest, Marcus Ruiz's Meditations is the go-to book. Yeah. That's the one, if you're going to delve into it or learn a little bit more about it, that's one you can pick up and go to any page, read a paragraph and get something from it. Um, yeah, what's the new edition? The new edition, the Emperor's 
Emperor's Handbook? I Emperor's think. Handbook. <laughs> oh, I've not heard of yeah, it. That's, that's actually an easier read. Like a shortened kind of... <clears throat> yeah, okay. it's an easier read. I think it's just, there's different translations of it yeah. and some yeah. are very literal as they were written from the Greek <laughs> and they're quite hard to yeah. read. Like if you've ever read, read like The Hobbit, for example, it's got that and it's even harder to read than yeah. that. Yeah. But I think there's like a, a haze, sounds familiar. Okay. There's an there's a author who's done like a very plain English version of it and that's yeah, the yeah, one yeah. I've got. It still has that... The, the underlying meaning to it, but yep. it's very much a lot, a lot more absorbable. Yeah, oh, definitely. And I mean, it, the connections with modern day life is are amazing. One of the other practical things you can do with stoicism, and this is something that a couple of the members of the, the team have um, been practicing over the last couple of days, is practicing a kind of form of misfortune. Um, and the quote I've got from Seneca, let me just find it here, is to set aside a certain number of days during which you shall be content with the scantiest and sh- cheapest fare, with coarse and rough dress, saying to yourself all the while, is this the condition I feared? So putting yourself out of your comfort zone, I suppose. Um, and what we've done, Marco, Jacob, Matt, I think you did a little bit of stuff on it. Did a little bit. <laughs> see, what, see what you did first. Um, <laughs> and, and Andrew, who kindly helps us implement Minds Podcast. So... Shout out to Rise Digital. <laughs> Ew. Um, so we decided from Brecky yesterday that we would fast, number one. So we would not eat until now. And that's been, what, 31 hours? 32 yep, hours? Like round about. We decided to switch off access to primarily social media and phone usage for mm-hmm. the last same amount of time. And last night... We all attempted to sleep on the floor, and it's like, this is Perth is friggin' wintry just now. Yeah, it's cold and single digit Celsius last night. Yeah. <laughs> it felt mm. like it too, um, and we all I think we all got to a stage with that, um, which we'll discuss, I suppose, uh, very yeah. soon. Um, and then yeah, well that's kind of it. So there was kind of three things. There was the lack of food, so just stopping eating, the the sleeping on the floor, and we're talking sleeping. With some clothes on, obviously, um, but on the on a hard surface. But I think we had a couple of different, and I know I failed at one stage and, and ran to get a, a sheet. Um, but I kept on the floor for the rest of the night, so I went to bed. But it was a long, so I should have gone to bed late, which was stupid. Mm. But I went, I went to, bed to bed at late. 10 o'clock yeah. <laughs> with Joanne, and like she's like, what the hell are you doing sleeping on the floor? But... Um, <laughs> um, so I think about an hour and a half, two hours into it, I awoke... <laughs> Um, Mate, shivering, know, like completely shivering. I had a hoodie on, and like tracky pants and socks, and was pretty rugged up. Um, but I woke up about one a.m. and I was like, I was I literally had the shivers. So I, I, I felt really bad, but I, I blame that I was in a really weird haze from not eating. Went and got a a, a sheet and just sort of used that on sort of kind of underneath me and over me and sort of made myself feel a little bit more comfortable. And then slept through till about just before six a.m. And it wasn't a bad sleep. I had a pretty good sleep. I think there was some mixed sleeps <laughs> had mm. amongst the fellow um, fellow troopers. Um, Matt, you slept in a swag, am I? Yeah, I, I didn't quite manage to do the full uh, full experience, but I. What's the full experience? The you? full experience. I didn't. So I didn't fast, and I didn't. Uh, what What you do? You fast? I didn't. No phone access. I didn't. 
delete the, this was a very last minute thing and I just didn't commit to doing the full thing but what I did do at about 9.30 last night is I grabbed a swag and I rolled it up outside and, and just it was raining <laughs> it was, mate. was it, it was, raining last night I, um, it bucketed down it bucketed no, down I, look, bucket. I, so I was I, it was on the on, on a porch section <laughs> because and I was still worried that there was a lot of water that was potentially coming towards where I was but I just said whatever worst case scenario yeah. so you I slept outside yeah, last so, night. So did I, but only from 12 till half past one. Yeah, that's oh, how long you sleep these days. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but but I, I only gave myself two shitty towels to sleep outside in and clothes. So, like, I was... Like I was frozen. <laughs> I was frozen by because I, I could max sleep maybe five minutes. Yeah, because it was a chill wind. Right? It was oh, really, man, really was cold, and so I was yeah. like experimenting with which bits I was happy to be cold and which bits. <laughs> he was like smoking cigars, drinking beers. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, I did yeah, that. What was, and the, and what was I, the mental game when you were when you were outside? Well, just, and... Uh, do you know what? I was drawing a lot on my orange sky um, experience. I was like, yeah. actually. You know, this this isn't an option for people mm. that... Well, a lot of people don't have an option of shelter. And, like, I can't, you know, I can't even put up with it for an hour. Yeah. Um, I, I got up and went inside and slept on the floor and, um, and it was still cold. But, like, you know, even relative to outside, I was so grateful that I was inside oh, that there okay. was no wind yeah, running. Yeah, yeah. Um, and... Like, I think if you were get, getting into what we learned from it, it's a very quick way of giving yourself just a, a quick dose of perspective mm. on what you do have. Yeah. Um, f- for me, because I, have, I haven't roughed it like that ever. Yeah. Like, I've never been in a position of misfortune and a very quick exposure to that. Today, my, my journaling on gratitude was pretty deep. Mm. Okay. Um, a good session of um, meditation and, and things just because I was... Yeah, removed from the phone, removed from um, even just like my hunger had gone away because yeah. actually I was like, being cold's way worse. Yeah. yeah. Well, we had the the other thing was the cold shower, yeah. the cold, oh, cold shower, shower in the yeah. morning as well. So usually I have a hot shower, then switch on, switch mm. off. You're straight cold. This was straight cold. So that's so when straight I went to a cold shower, I went straight into a cold shower. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's because the mental, the, the neural body pathway it builds. Mm. It's crazy, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you go straight in or did you pause? No, no, I went straight in. Did I? Took a no, nice. I went straight in. <laughs> Marco took a nice video for us. Yeah, yeah and, the, and actually the, the Simple Minds podcast was playing yeah. <laughs> and it was Matt. <laughs> you were in, the, sh- in, the, you in the shower with Marco this morning? I shower with you guys all the time. Why not? <laughs> Every Friday morning, actually. Yeah, yeah. And Jacob, how did you go? Fairly well. I. I what did you struggle with the most? Out of the thing, the things that you gave up, or I think the thing I struggled with the most was the self discipline because, unlike people that are say homeless or or in a position of misfortune, like all the stuff was there right in front of me. Yeah. Mm. yeah when yeah, I was yeah. at work, I had snacks and food in the in the fridge. When I was at home, there was dinner in there on the on the counter. When I was at home, it was. Ainsley was going off to bed and I was just going to go sleep on the floor. Like they were all there. So it was, I found that the challenging part was kind of doing something, knowing that like the alternative is, is immediately there. Like if I was outside and I was cold and that was my night, you'd potentially be slightly more okay with it or you'd, Mm. 
you'd accept it more willingly than knowing that you've got this, the opportunity just to go straight inside. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know whether it's copping out a little bit or whether it was just self-awareness of knowing that I didn't want to sleep on the floor at kind of room temperature, which was essentially like single digits last night, knowing that I would have like five, 10 minutes of sleep at a time. Mm-hmm. So I started the, the night with like clothes on, um, just a small like couch pillow under my head or like a cushion essentially. And I had the heater was already on. So I just left it at like room temperature or okay. which is like early twenties maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, probably about midnight. I was still a bit cold cause I, Strangely, even in winter, to sleep with like boxes on, but under the dunas, I'm pretty happy. So even with like my clothes on, exposed to the mm. um, elements, I was still quite cold. Um, so I just grabbed like a light throw blanket from the couch for like the second half of the night. So the discomfort of like sleeping on a hard surface sort of reminded me a little bit of my um, days in army reserve, where we'd sleep on like rocky ground in the sleeping bag, so you were kind of warm, but it was uncomfortable. You're moving around a lot. You, um, and those experiences I had back then spending 10 to 14 days with no shower, one single pair of clothes that you wear for two weeks, um, essentially like a few hours of sleep each night and just everything is out of your control. You just do whatever's whatever comes at you. Um, and... I even then knew that my experience during this like um, artificial training activity was nothing compared to what full-time soldiers do over in the Middle East where it's zero degrees at night and 50 degrees during the day or the guys that are in the Middle East in winter when it's snowing, literally snowing. Um, So that gave me a lot of perspective back then when... I was like, I'm having a bad time, I'm, I'm tired, I'm hungry, I'm sleeping rough on the ground, it's raining <laughs> literally on top of me, everything's soaked, but I've still got it good compared to those who do this full-time to sort of fight for our um, freedom, for want of a less American term. Um, and He's not an American term. Thank you for your service. <laughs> and it's good it just gives you perspective kind of going this is tough this is more challenging than I'm used to yep. but it's still nothing compared to what others yep. experience and I find that quite a a good practical way to apply the um, but it is, that that's stuff. what it's about it's about giving yourself perspective and knowing kind of how lucky you really are I'd be interested Lucas actually I mean from the stoic point of view have you read much or or can I can I interject just quickly because I completely forgot to introduce one of the other key reasons I brought Lucas along (laughs) which is you know I just introduced him as a as a childhood friend which to me is the most important part of Lucas's story but a bigger part of his story as well is his journey to um two times Olympics with the Australian bobsled team and um you know when I was chatting to Lucas before the show, um, there's there was a lot of stuff around stoicism, especially giving up mm-hmm. to achieve that dream. So sorry that I, I'm probably going to cut something into the intro as well, <laughs> but right. I missed that at the beginning. But yeah, yeah, uh, like I've heard I've heard about it, but I haven't really read too much about it. But now that you say it, I've probably had a lot of conversations of being grateful for what you have and and uh, seeing the other side of 
other side of things where people are, you know, misfortune, stuff like that. But, you know, through... But you, you would have had to make sacrifices. Oh, right? for sure. Yeah, like my whole life after high school was d- devoted to training. And then when I started Bob said it was basically like, okay, that's all I'm doing. I'm focused on that. And being part of an Australian bobster team is not something that's common and we don't have a lot of money to yeah. to do. So a lot of the time we'd we'd go over and, and we'd stay on someone's like floor in their basement or stuff like that and, and you'd be preparing for a World Cup or a race the next day and then and you'd be on a blow up mattress and you'd be in, you know, positions where like if you think about it it's really not that bad because I'm still inside, I've still got clothes, I've still got a bed. But when you're trying to be an elite athlete, to sleep on someone's floor before, the night before is not the best prep. Um, so stuff like that, and then you and then you realise when you get to a place where you have your own place, you have a bed, and you're like, oh man, this is amazing. Like, <laughs> yeah. and your performance steps up and stuff yeah, like yeah. that. But you get yeah. used to it. Like, even even this year leading up to the last Olympics, we were sharing beds with our teammates. We were like one of us to sleep on a on a crappy couch or like a on the like a pillow on the floor and. So we'd still do it, but it's one of those things that's like if it was going to get you to the Olympics or mm-hmm. to something, your goal, yeah. well, do it. Yeah. Luke, yeah. a question for you that, that points towards goals. Okay, so Australia's not known for its success mm-hmm. in bobsleigh. Is it fair to say? 100%, yeah. So what was your goal? So, yes, yeah, you say that a lot of people were like, you know, oh, did, you, did you want to win? Are you, were you going to go for gold? I was like, yeah. well, yeah, everyone, everyone's going for gold. Everyone's there to win. But realistically, we're not going to win. Yeah. You know, we're probably not going to come top ten. That's but did you? Tr- so did that affect the way you trained? Uh, not really. You, you want to do. You want to be the best, as uh, best athlete as possible, best team as possible. Yeah. Um. So. So, so to be at your best, I would I would think it's very stoic. Yeah. It, and because if you're not settling, which I don't believe you would have settled. Yeah. And I don't think the system that Australia has for its for its athletes allows them to settle. Yeah. Um, so without reading a lot, yeah. I guarantee if you went back and read stuff now, yeah. you'll see shit just fall into place. For sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and and what you've learned through that process, oh, if you apply it into life now, yeah. fuck man. Yeah. Shut the game. 100%. Like our goal wasn't obviously, you know, we definitely didn't settle, but at the same time it's, you know. Yeah. No, I, I know I've been around elite athletes. Yeah. I, know, I know that you've got to play. You've got, you've got to be realistic. Like, you mm-hmm. know, being a teacher and, and then going through my own goals and then now teaching kids, you, yeah. you start seeing a lot of stuff like setting goals and you're like, oh, what did I do back back then to, to make that happen? And you've got to be realistic with what you're capable of. You need yeah. to have goals above your potential, yeah. but at the same time, you've got to be realistic with what's going on. And our, you know, our goal was to be the best team possible and you know, maybe finish top you know, 20, and that yeah. was our goal. We fell short of that, but at the same time, like that was realistic for us and yeah so yeah what about from an emotional point of view like stoicism talks about the control of your emotion mm-hmm. um have you are you could being a teacher now as well yeah. obviously yeah stoicism could be very important there as in not reacting very quickly to a situation yes yeah, so how are you with how are you with emotion so it was funny i was just today i was i was teaching a health class and we we're talking about like conflict resolution and how you react to certain situations okay. and and talking to them, a lot of those kids are so riled up. And when you're so young, looking back at how I reacted to things, you'd always want to justify. No, mm-hmm. no, I didn't. You want to blame someone. You want to, you know, do, you know, push away the attention from you. And I was trying to explain to them about owning your own actions. Mm. And uh, and it's it's funny that as you get older, that's 
easier to do. It's still, it's still hard in certain situations, but yeah, controlling, uh, okay, look, I, I stuffed up, I'm gonna own that and being honest. And then you're like, oh, the consequence actually wasn't that bad. <laughs> yeah, and you're yeah. like, oh, and you try and teach it to kids and like, they still, you know, they still don't get it. They're like, yeah. what? No, it wasn't me. I didn't do it. I didn't yell at in class. Yeah. Um, yeah, stuff like that. So it's, it's definitely looking back at the journey and everything that's going on now that I'm, you know, teaching and teaching like full on again and, and stuff. You definitely notice stuff like that about emotion yeah, yeah, and yeah. controlling situations. Yeah. Yeah. Connor, in regards to stoicism and... What are your thoughts? I mean, you've read Aurelius Meditations and... I mean, I've been, I guess, similar to, to, to Lucas, I fell into Stoicism and then reapplied the lessons backwards. Okay. Um, which is why I say to you, if you start looking at it now, you'll see what you've picked up and that will give you more confidence in the application going forward. Sure. Um, you know, and then... And we talked about this yesterday, and you guys know my stance on on what you guys have done. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, going through the trials, tribulations of within that were contained within my life, I would have had to have developed elements of a stoic nature to deal with Naturally, yeah. things yeah. that I had to deal with. Yeah. Um, and so, but it wasn't until I started reading about Aurelius and Seneca, um, and those in in those old uh, old nature, and then coming through and understanding where the philosophies of stoicism succeed uh, or, or sit with successful entrepreneurs yep. uh, largely and then use that in application to basketball and basketball, yep. basketball coaching so my stoic philosophy pretty much filters through everything I do at the moment yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean it comes from you know without studying stoicism comes from the suffering comes from the stuff that you've been through sure and and, and when we talked about this you know episodes ago I, I still don't believe you have to suffer to experience you just have to appreciate the dark mm-hmm. And I think that's where people look at this dark and light thing and, and don't understand it. And Tim Grover touches on it. And all the stuff we're talking about and we've read and consumed, there's so, there's so much reference to light and dark. Mm. But it's being aware, okay? Mm. And I'll ask you guys now, I mean, and you're, you're all very intelligent lads, right? But did you learn anything of yourselves that you believe you didn't really know? I think there is muscle in the last, you know, in the last exercise. exercise. Yeah, and and, and I want real honesty, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, No, and yes, in the sense that no, I've always feared I wasn't as disciplined as I like to think that I am. Yeah, and last night just confirmed that I'm not as disciplined that I think I am. But is discipline? Is it? Is did you need that to teach you that? That's what I'm saying. So deep down, I knew it. Yeah. But last night was a good example to bring it up and okay. put it in my face. In a practical today, way. Okay. Practical and today, way, yeah. reflect on the fact like, sure. hey, man, you know, you, you've got some work to do on yourself if you're going to achieve some, some but goals. But if, you, if you're going to be a real do. legit fucking Bruce Lee exponent, you've got to be able to call that shit out on yourself. Yeah, yeah. yeah? And I think the <clears throat> I, at the moment, I find myself hedging a lot, especially with my... With, with everything that I'm doing, that yep. I tell people, like, I'm not trying to be the best in the world at this. Yep. And well, I think it's in part... Yeah, and so I'm, I'm going on that process myself yep. of asking why aren't I saying that I want to be the greatest at this? Yeah. Um, and last night just de- demonstrated that if I want to start talking that way, yep. my discipline's not there. Yep. And there are things, there are rituals and, and practices myself that I have to develop yep. in order to be able to just... Be cold and put up with that. Yep. 
But, and, and but, so there's my challenge to you, mm-hmm. right? Because I see what your capability and capacity is, right? And we, we can take it back to you know, all the, the years before you today that you and I sat down and I said, what the fuck, you could, do, you could do anything you achieve, you put your mind to, anything, anything, okay? And that's legit still the same fucking story. True. So you either want to be the fucking best or you don't. Yep. That's only a one-off time you did that, right? So I feel like to say that your discipline isn't, isn't there because of one night of being outside, mm. like you you've you have everything, warmth and food, and then you go one night without it. That's it's, probably the hardest time. It's a muscle. It, it, it is a muscle. muscle. Once you once you do it a couple of times, surely it becomes easier, and you can one hundred percent. Yeah, and that's and I think that's what I'm also saying, which is my mus my discipline muscle, whatever that is, is very weak at the moment. I wouldn't say very weak. Well, it's it's, it's weaker than I would have to be where I need it to be. Yeah, and. And while and I agree with you that I and I, and because you know our, our conversation yesterday affected me and that well yeah what am I really going to learn from this that's new because it is a very trivial little exercise mm-hmm. so what can I learn or what can I be reminded about myself of so that's what I was searching through the entire night um, for and that's my response so but nothing that wasn't new. My, my yeah my point yet last I wasn't about the triviality of this no sure sure and and like I don't think. Um, that's much the point. It yeah. was the question was, did you learn anything new? No, but I was reminded of something really important that at this stage of where I'm at in my journey is going to be something that I really need. So are you going to accept that challenge? Yes. And hold yourself accountable to the belief and actions that need to be hang hung on to to achieve what the fuck you're trying to achieve here. Yep. Yeah, but that's like. Part of the bigger question for me is the vision. Like, I don't think you lack the discipline. I've seen the discipline that you can Marcus, create. This has been Marco's problem for a while. Yeah, no, I know that, but that's not – so I don't – the discipline wasn't there because it wasn't – this This was an exercise that wasn't directly tied in hard to a vision that you are working on, working towards, but are still not even really concise on. But I'll t- it's not even vision, Matt, uh, Matt. You know what it is? What? He's not fucking committing to it. He's not committing to it because he's allowing himself to not achieve it. Make the fucking commitment that you're going to be the fucking best. Yeah, but you can't commit unless you can really clearly he articulate knows what, that. He knows what his fucking vision is, but mate. I've never heard him articulate Yeah, that. he does. Tell me. Tell us. You know what your vision is. What I want to do. Yeah. I what, what do you do what you do? To bring people the emotion of where they were. Bang. Great. That's and, his vision. And what did last night have towards helping you achieve that? Hence why the discipline's not there. Whereas the amount of times I've seen you at 7 a.m., two hours sleep, Editing till late, 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 late because you're pushing through and it's directly. So you're aligned. challenging the correlation. I'm challenging the correlation. Okay. So you're, I, I'm saying you're disciplined. Be careful on how you brand yourself on where yeah, your yeah. discipline's at because it doesn't align with what's the core driver for but you. What he's seeing is not not useful to him. What he's seeing is still very useful to him. Of course, I think people are forgetting that it's practical. It's not. We're not talking big hey, stuff. I haven't got to you yet. <laughs> Let's get to let's get to Duncan. Yeah. So let's get to Duncan then, shall we? So so what did it show you, Mike? I mean, because I, I, this is what I want to know: what you guys wanted to get out of this, and did you get what you wanted out of it? To me, I look at it as a practical exercise to build muscle memory. So, so in did my it teach head. you anything that you did not already know, or don't believe you could have gotten any other way? I've been doing this sort of thing for the last twelve months, two years. This yeah, is and, and this is why I want to know why little little you feel this. And yes, it has made me make decisions quicker. It's made me. Um, 
not procrastinate as much. But Just last night, last night, what did what did the what did the thirty hours of fasting, disconnecting, it, well, it, uh, no, sleeping? I mean, I what did it fucking teach you that you didn't already know? It taught me that it's been working. What I have been doing. That's what it taught me because I didn't question it. I didn't. Um, like the phone thing didn't bother me, the food thing didn't bother me, so it wasn't something, I, I know I'm in a, in a place where I am learning, and my, my mind has changed over yeah. the last year or so. And um, so that, that's what it's sort of, it's reinforced, reinforced to me that, validated what that, that, that my mind has changed. I have been able to, over doing little practices like the cold showers in the morning for the last yeah. couple of years, it's worked. That's from a practical level. Yeah. I don't think there's conversations I've been having. But I don't think that's what Seneca was aiming at when he was talking about that. From what I took out of it. Okay. I I think part of it is about is this the worst there is? And I think the point the point of it is to to then go back to your daily life. I think that's where you're sort of going, Mike, and make that decision quicker. Take that take a bit more of a risk because if you can sort of practice recreating a more difficult space, I guess, closer to poverty or what that might look like. I think that was that's sort of what Seneca was getting at in that practice. And and he did that I think monthly. I think Right, was, so yeah. so you're talking now. So what did it mean to you? <sighs> Nothing. I followed through on something that I said. You weren't I even did. in it, man. I you, followed I, through you on something that I fucking attempt. And in all fairness, right? Exactly. I respect what you did. Yeah, I, right? I did it I because I said satisfy people. I, I did it because I said I would follow through on, on yeah, doing something. I, I did it to satisfy people as well. Like yeah. I was a sheep in the experiment but yeah, I, I still got something did you, from it. Did you get I, I, for me, I didn't want to sit in this podcast and say, oh, I couldn't even just sleep outside for a night. To me, it was that simple. That was easy. Right. I just went and did Fine. it. Jacob. I, I looked at it through the lens that Michael intended it. It's that there's a great piece of sort of practical stoic philosophy from Seneca that says if you briefly or try and experience the things you most fear – then it gives you that opportunity. But he doesn't to say you have to do it. He, you know, so we know experience can be very different, right? Mm. Yeah. I can read the quote and go, yeah, I understand if I try and empathise. Like to empathise with a homeless person and to experience are two very different things. And can I build on that? When you were talking about you don't need to experience the dark to know it. Yeah. My, and I remember that conversation. And as you were saying it, I was like, oh, actually, my thinking of that has evolved in that you don't have to, but it helps and makes it a lot quicker and more real if you do go and experience it. I agree with you. And so, you know, this is... No, no. And so now I agree with you that you don't have to, and then it comes down to your your abilities to empathise. Yeah. But I think you also can't take away from the fact that, say, you have experiences like the, the real ones... It, it makes it much more core, much more ingrained. Yeah. That's, that's where it's evolved there. And I think that the practicality of the exercise is, hey, you want to bump that even just a little bit? Because today I've had a very fascinating day yeah. where I've been in a headspace where I've wanted to sit down and focus on my vision. I've wanted to sit down and do the stuff that normally I put off. And that's as a result of Michael putting out this challenge for me and, and, I, and I got in that headspace. And I got in a similar space when I did my four-day random silence thing, it, but just by myself. These, those challenges of withdrawal for me t- tend to be like a big shock to the system. And 
you know, you sit very far off the bell curve in terms of what your day, what your days look like. So I understand that for you, these things are much more natural and ingrained. So they're not, they wouldn't be so much of a jolt to the system, but like I found it a very refreshing and to Michael's point, practical way of just giving myself a job. But, but can, I, can I challenge all of you guys that right throughout your days, your weeks, your months, and, and you touched on it, right? It's, it's effectively the empathy that is, that's being trained. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay? Because no one, no one wants to be and spend time sleeping on a fucking floor. No. no I was, it's to. acknowledging what sort of privilege I have, you know, in a way. There's acknowledgement of where I'm sitting currently in my life. I'm, yeah, but Michael, you know what? I don't take you as a person that doesn't actually understand that. Because I do stuff like this, yeah. Because you as a you as a person, I've spent plenty of time one on one with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get you get empathy, man. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. I I would agree with that. All right, but I, I'm not going to lay on it and just no. Say but it. I, but I don't think you take that for granted. I don't. I don't. But I, to me, and I didn't. I wouldn't have thought this exercise would have taught you much, and I wouldn't have thought that you needed that validated. I, I didn't need it validated. I just, from a biological point of view, the muscle memory that it's training in me is working for me. It's, that's where I'm on that level, biology. But, the, but but that's where I see. Even I think you, what you don't take away is that I take from you personally. I take from you that yeah yeah that, yeah. that you are already there in the yep, sense that yep. you have that empathetic nature straight away. Yeah, yeah I hope so. Yeah. Right, so I, I found it interesting. I found it interesting why you guys wanted to do this. And yes, I did rebel against the fucking thing, right? I don't have an aspiration to sleep on a fucking floor. I don't. Yeah, yeah. All right? Um, simple as that. Yep. Well, we weren't going to bring it up, but yeah. It's fine. Like, I think everyone just chose to do what they wanted to do. And I got a real practical um, example of how it. I, I found it quite valuable for me is that something I as a strength coach, as a gym owner, and as, as a athlete, um, I know that monitoring my diet and potentially introducing some intermittent fasting is going to help mm. me yeah. improve my performance, improve my nutrition, etc. Very useful. Yeah. So, but it's something I've never considered mm. uh, in my 27 years. I've never intentionally skipped a meal because I've always had the privilege of having food available to me. It wasn't until you suggested I thought. Cool. It's not something I've never tried. I'm going to find it challenging. And for me, it was that wasn't as bad as I thought. Yeah. So yeah. my yeah. vision involves trying to improve my performance. The fear was that, oh, I won't be able to skip a meal or intermittently yeah. fast because yeah. that'll be challenging. I've now done it and gone, that wasn't so yeah. bad. So I got well, a huge thing. Seneca <laughs> probably released a health book back in two, <laughs> yeah, two thousand years ago. The first health Let's book. Find it. And like, <laughs> as well unless, as unless people. So my final thing on it was uh, from a group perspective. It was really interesting to see how divided we were on this, <laughs> and how, and I really appreciate this. How we can just thresh it the fuck out, right, and mm. have some pretty firm views, and still be totally cool straight after yeah and that is that that runs very very deep and oh, that, man. So that, that's the value we've got that and that was for me a reminder of holy shit you know like we have potentially offended people here but but we can very quickly be like but we know all the, all the rest is good and we'll work through that that's fucking cool 
um, I can feel myself getting really excited because now I've just realised what the real lesson for me was in all of it. <laughs> Stoicism, um, which is <laughs> just just the bond within the group, right? It was it was there as a test. It was divided. There were there were big opinions, and and rightly so, given people's backgrounds. I, I found that that that's now for me the biggest lesson. Can I can I, can I just give you one thing that. that is, is again, I don't within, like the way you're sitting forward. He is fucking reminds me of play school a little bit. Like, anyway, story time. So just, just, just quickly, and I'll tell you how how Stoicism fits in my life. Right, yep. practical example. Yep. Oh, I love that that Rajah Kipling. Um, so Sunday is my daughter's 18th birthday, uh, and she lives down in Vass, which is about three hours away. Um, and she's having a party with her mum and, 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 and that sort of family. And I've reached out to her mum and said, uh, do you mind if I drive down and catch up with her in the morning? Um, three hours down, an hour, an hour and a half, catch up for a coffee, three hours back to get my mum back in time for the footy. And my mum goes, but you're only going to spend an hour or so with her. And I said, mum, I've had three years without her. Truth. Yep. I live it. Worth it. Yeah, 100%. Worth it for a minute. You gotta take it. Yeah, you just take it. You don't question it, you just take it. 100%. Nice. And on a change of pace, I have a better question. Yeah. How does someone's life goal become flying down? <laughs> <laughs> Hang on, let me finish. So, did did you watch Cool Runnings? And at what point does like do you throw your entire life at? I'm going to get down that fucking hill as for whatever you want to call it as fast as I can. I know, I'm super curious no, no to hear. One, no one ever wakes up and says, "You know what? I'm going to be a boxer." Um, it's funny, people always say... Well, no Australian can. The sport, the sport is uh, it's where sprinters go to die. That's what I call the sport. Um, but has it always been like that, or has it just become that? No, like, the, the bobsled is not one of those sports around the world that people just wake up and say, I'm, like, my oh. dad was a bobsledder, I'm going to be a bobsledder. <laughs> um, like, luge, yes. Okay. Like, you have to start very, very young from that. Skeleton and bobsled are two sports where... Wow. You'd get in, you know, after you have got into like an NFL career or like a, a college football, and you might have been really good, but not good enough to make the NFL. And then you the running backs. Yeah, yeah, and then you'd be like, "What can I do next?" And then, oh, there's a recruitment camp for bobsled. Let's go try that. <laughs> and then they find that I'm extremely strong. I'm extremely fast. I can push a sled. And you get a lot of track guys because you need guys on the back of the sled. There was an play. AFL guy at one stage in the Australian team, I think a few years ago, he came out of Carlton. Um, so, yeah, he wasn't a sprinter, but no. AFL to a bobsled. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't heard of him. I, I, know, I know a lot of the, the, the beach sprinters through WA yep. were, uh, were part of that initial push for bobsledders um, because they thought, okay, they're strong. They, they, the way they run is very similar to running on ice. Um, so they pushed that and I think they found a lot of uh, skeleton athletes as well a couple of years ago they had an initiative to push that as an Australian because it was a new sport for, for women in, in the Winter Olympics was skeleton so in 2002 I think was the first time they introduced skeleton what's skeleton? Can you uh, basically so it's like luge so it's not on your back it's on your 
I used to go sledging in Scotland as a kid, you know, flying down hills. Yeah, 100% head first. It's exactly like that. And it used to be a, a sport that was done just by my men in Switzerland. So it was uh, called wow, Cresta. Okay. And it was basically a, a guys club. And they would go and drink drink and, and smoke. And then it would just... They're yeah. like sort of rock stars. Yeah, like 100%. Yeah. Yeah. And then it became a sport that, you know, people started watching and... <laughs> So skeleton's relatively new, but it, yeah, it wasn't a, something that, that was in my dreams. My dream was to be, you know, an Olympic sprinter. And then a couple of injuries, you know, put me on the sidelines before a couple of major championships. But I wouldn't Who, say- Who was a sprinter growing up? Maurice Green. Oh yeah. 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 Maurice Green is, is one of the best, the GOAT. Yeah, cool. Um, GOAT. He, it was, it was one of those things that a couple of injuries put me away from a, a door that could have opened I wouldn't say I would definitely would have made it but and then and an opportunity came along where a, a Facebook message basically someone said a friend of a friend I was talking to had obviously passed my details on to this the pilot at the time and basically said to me you know how would you like to go to the Winter Olympics in 2014 <laughs> and I was like well that's a dumb question yes <laughs> please yeah <laughs> yes <laughs> what's the catch and he basically said to me you got to run fast and push the sled fast and I said I've never pushed a sled but I can run okay I can run pretty quick and then uh, he put me in contact with the association at the time they had a testing camp in November and then did the testing camp this is funny uh, this story basically <laughs> like did well so just, sorry just to cut you yeah. off there testing camp yeah first time they stick you on a sled and you just have to run and jump in and hope like hell no, like everyone else knows what they're like doing. A, it's like an NFL combine. <laughs> yeah. So basically you sprint, yeah, you right. lift, and you see how strong you are and how fast you are. Yeah, okay. And then at the end of it, they they promised to fly us over there whenever. They didn't even say what time. And they said, oh, can you guys afford to fly yourself over? And I said, if I had to, I would, you know. They said, can you fly tomorrow? And I was this like, is hilarious. <laughs> tomorrow, <laughs> tomorrow. I was like, uh, yes. Yeah. So the train, my training partner at the time. Training um, camp then plane. Basically, the next day we we booked our flight that night. Left the next day, we got picked up at in the airport in Salt Lake City. The pilot Salt picked Lake us City. up, and uh, and he said to me, oh, "Lucas, get some rest tonight because you're racing tomorrow." <laughs> <laughs> and I said, uh, "What?" Cool running, mate. And I was like, "Racing." I was like, "I've never seen a bob set in my life." <laughs> so we got to this house. He took us in the garage and said, this is a bob set. I was like, I've like, seen one, sweet. So I, I sat in it, put a helmet on, I was like... Okay. And you're pulling G's, right? On your first trip, you're pulling oh, G's? Oh, we got to the top the next day, the 9th of November, 2011. I remember this day very, very much. And, uh, and I get to the top and they're like, are you sure you want to push this thing and jump in? I was like, yeah, I'll give it a go. Like, whatever, like, you know, it, it seems like a pretty fun roller coaster. So I'm like pushing this thing, you know, we do our little clap and whatever and we go, I'm running, I jump in, I'm like, oh man, this is pretty sweet, like, this is this is cool. And we get to this corner, corner six in, in Park City and I've never been flattened like that. Like I could lick my own, <laughs> you know what I mean? So where are you on the box? I was in the back at the time, so I was, I was a brakeman in a two-man sled. Yeah. And we hit about, you know, four or five Gs just around nuts. this one corner, like for, would have been half a second not even that and then I was like oh my god what was that <laughs> anyway we keep going corner 12 boom hit the same thing and I was like this is insane we finish I hear, I hear break I pull the brakes we stop at the dock and 
we put you know put the, the shoes on the sled and we get on the truck and the, the driver's like oh did you did you like your first experience and I was like what the fuck <laughs> was that and I said that was insane and he's like that's that's pretty much what it's like you know how's your doing it was amazing like, my heart was pumping it was crazy like, it sort of gives me goosebumps yeah. just thinking about it and uh and, and then I thought to myself, man, that sort of hurt a little bit. That was a bit uncomfortable. <laughs> but then we had another run, did it again. Jesus. And I sort of expected <laughs> something like that to happen. So I was a little more ready for it. And then, yeah, seven years later, I'm still doing still, still doing the sports, taking me to two Olympics. And it's, but it got easier. Like I knew I'd, once you know the corners, you know which corners are going to come at you. The G-force, you can be ready for it. And uh, how do you get ready for G force like that? Is it like a sort of it's relaxing you know, or tensing? Or yeah, what, exactly. What you basically have to, to tense and hold yourself as still as possible. But it's like holding your breath. Like this was a corner in in uh, Calgary called Chrysler. It's like basically a three sixty thing, and you and you're getting like four and a half G's of force for about a second and a half. And it doesn't sound like long, but when you look at the time and you start, it's like one, two, and you're like you're holding that. You're basically getting crushed. By your own body weight. Oh, yeah. So what's the most you pull? What, what what's the? I think we're talking about six. Six, six G's. Yeah. Jeez. It's in uh, it's in Whistler. It's like the probably the. That's nasty. The man. last corner, basically, you hit six G's over the first fifty meters of the corner, and it just if you're not ready for it, it'll slap you in the face. Ooh, well, to put that yeah. in perspective, you said you're about ninety kilos or so yeah. at the time, and that's yeah. like five hundred plus Easily, kilos yeah. of force. Like, yeah. and if you're not ready for that, you. That's yeah. a incredible smack. force. Yeah, you'll get flexible in that sleep for sure. You won't get down. Yeah. But it, but you like... lick your own, what's it call it? 100%. <laughs> mate, you can smell whatever you had for breakfast. <laughs> but it's, it's, it's insane. And the, and the funny stories you hear from the first, like people's first ever experience, like people like shitting themselves and stuff like that, because they can't control it. The G-force yeah. basically oh, just pushes oh, it and their oh. bowels just... Bloop. And then you get to the bottom and you see these guys walk oh. and walk as if they're getting to the top. Oh, it's so good. I'm like, is that his first time? And they're like, yeah, I'm like, oh, God, it's amazing. And so every time I have a new break and I'm like, just go to the bathroom before you go. And they're like, oh, no, nah. like, I'm good. I'm like, no, seriously. So, so shit now or shit later. Yeah, exactly. if, I ask, if I ask you, what's your best memory? That's a. There's a, there's a run that we had, and I was actually a brakeman at the time. Like, I want to say the Olympics because everyone would expect me to say yeah. the Olympics. No, I want to, what do you like, know, what's the, the best The opening ceremonies are, are one of those things you, you can never forget. But I remember a time I was in St. Moritz in Switzerland. It's the only natural track in the world. And it's, they basically build it by hand every, every year. And uh, I remember one time I jumped in the sled and, and going down. It's such a different sound. It's like not a, a like you don't hear it. It's so silent and it sort of whistles as mm. you go down. And I remember sitting there and I was like, man, this, like, this is amazing. This, what I'm doing right now is phenomenal. And, and just like the life I was leading, like traveling around the world, jumping in bobsets, competing, you know, with other athletes. And, and basically what I wanted to do from the start was basically travel and compete, whatever it was. And I remember like getting to the bottom, I was like, man, and the mountain, the Swiss Alps, you're standing in the Swiss Alps, you're like, yeah, this is, this is living. This is living, Barry. That's, that's what I, was I, I talk about gratitude and humility a lot, right? When yeah. that allows you to to take in those types of moments. Oh yeah, is that what you feel? Hundred percent. Like, and I always used to say to to especially the Olympic year leading into Sochi in two thousand fourteen. I always have a saying that like we'd we'd get up in the morning and there'd be a sunset over like the mountains, and I'd be like, oh, you can't be upset with that. Every morning yeah. I'd say that because you just be like you're in a place that's that's amazing and you're basically getting the best out of, of life and and 
so many people are like, oh, you, you know, you've, you always say that you love the mountains, you love the sunset, but really, like, that's that's what life's about. Doing like, what you love doing. Doing what you love, and you're in an amazing yeah. place with amazing people, and you meet you meet so many people in the world that have had so many different stories, and when you have a couple of drinks and you, and you really unpack those stories from people, like, so many people come from different backgrounds and different things, and now I could say, if I need to travel somewhere in the world, I've got friends in every single corners of the world, and mm. yeah, it's phenomenal. Do you um? Oh, you just go big as well, Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Do Do you think that without the failure of the attempted sprinting career, mm-hmm. you would be the same sort of in in the bobsled realm? Do you think Do you think you needed some of that failure, and do you think that made you a better athlete? You know, obviously changing paradigm, mm-hmm. but do you think that was something that had to happen to give you what you've got? I think so. Yeah, yeah it was. I I would have never thought I would have changed sports. I was ready to give up track or even take a year off because I'd planned to, to what was the injury that, that, that just two hamstrings yeah, okay. injuries and it was like at such a stupid time it was like six weeks before the Commonwealth Games trials oh. and I was running my best that year and your times would have got you and my times at the like I was in the top 10 at the time and I thought if I you know crack into the, the top 8 top 6 I could potentially do a relay team and all you need to do is open a door in the Australian yeah. team and then it's just like it just spirals yeah. And and I thought like, you know, this this could be my opportunity. But I never, yeah, never thought that. Uh, so I lost my train of thought then. So I brought I brought you in quite selfishly because I think it ties into, well, I wanted advice from you, mm-hmm. um, and the reason being was, you guys talk about me not having a clear vision, and you know I spent I spent a bit of time working on that. The piece of content that I was going to share, but we'll just roll without sharing it today, um, was around vision setting. And I'm at a point where I have a broad idea of what my vision is. But Lucas's story in, in saying, I want to go to the Olympics and then being open enough to allow any path to get him there, not in the way that you initially anticipated, um, is something that I want to learn about and, and, and understand the mindset required to get there because I say I have certain goals going into London and going into my videography career. You know, what's, what, what, what was it that allowed you to say, okay, actually, this is going to fulfill my goal, even it's, though it's not how you pictured it? It's weird because I, th- I think about that a lot. And the more I think about it, I, there's some times where I'm like, I'm like, oh, did I just choose this path because it was easier? And it was, and like I always think like, oh, well, I made the Olympics. Like if I can make it, anyone can sort of thing. And I always think like, um, the, the, because I couldn't succeed as a sprinter, I sort of felt a little like a bit of like a failure. Like I didn't get to where I wanted to go as that. So I just, Bob said was just a way there. But then the more people like bring me back to be like, oh, well, you've done this, you've done this, you've done this. I'm like, well, it was a pretty amazing journey and what we've had to rough to get there. It's, it's been amazing. But like, you need to be ready to, to take an opportunity when you see it sort of thing. And that opportunity came to me at such a random time. And then I went to Europe and did my trip. And then I was actually sitting at a, uh, on, a, on a chair in Mykonos. And I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm going to do this bobsled thing. And it was such a random thing. Like I just, I was sitting just thinking and I always get myself in trouble when I think too much. I was like driving, you know, when, when I drive a lot, I think and my mind just goes crazy. And, uh, and then, it, but when you get an opportunity, like sometimes you need to say, you know what, fuck it. I'm going to, 
I'm going to try this. And if I fail, I fail. If I don't, I'll just, you know, find something else. And I know you guys have talked about that a lot. And, and changing your vision is tough because you, you'll criticise yourself a lot. You'll be like, am I good enough to do this? Can I, can I really give out what I'm promising? And, and in the end, you have to just trust, like, who you are and what you want. And as I was, I was saying, I think, you know, to someone yesterday, you were saying that uh, you want to, you know, do videography and, and you've started doing a lot of that. And I find that people that do um, things that they teach themselves and don't necessarily go to university, they have something special about them. So, so like, yeah, they have that passion and they have, when they bring out their videos, there's something different about their videos than someone who's learned something through rote learning or whatever it is. And it, and that's and that's what I think you'll bring something special to your videos. Will be that, and that'll that'll open a lot more doors than than someone who just yeah. is a normal. You're in a really interesting position though, with obviously teaching, mm -hmm. and you've got sort of kids looking up to you, looking at you, and yeah. waiting for some. Well, they're not waiting for some sort yeah. of sort of um, push, but you've got that opportunity to give them that. Yeah. How are you facing that just now? Are you, are you conscious about that, that power that you maybe have on, on yeah, changing some lives? There? Definitely. Before I like, I wasn't as much because I like now I'm sort of dealing with, okay, like I'm unofficially retired from the sport and that I've, I've told myself that I haven't told the world that well now I've told you know, simple <laughs> minds, told podcast <laughs> listeners. From um, every nation. But yeah, exactly. I'll share it. They'll, they'll hear it. Um, but so so now I'm more conscious of it now that I'm okay now I have something to pass on to someone and the, someone that helped me a lot last year that I met last year has basically has been a very influential person to me I met him through through chance in Whistler and you know I took him on a summer bobsled ride and sounds pretty stupid but there's bobsleds on wheels um, I met him and he used to be a hockey player for I've seen cool players, yeah exactly <laughs> he used to be an ice hockey player for Australia oh wow and then he basically said let's go for coffee tomorrow I want to have a chat about your story and so he heard my story and basically he had said to me and we spoke about everything and he said I'm going to commit to buying you new helmets for the season he jumped on board and if he hadn't come on board last year we wouldn't have done half the stuff we did we may have made the Olympics just but not as as, as well as what's his name from. Simon Roberts thanks yeah. Simon Simon Roberts <laughs> yeah he was phenomenal and so basically he said to me that he was in a position in his life that he had done a lot of stuff and he was able to help and push make someone else succeed yeah cool yeah and so then there's always those people around, around right? there's always those little people around that just give you a push or give oh, you yeah. one or two pieces of advice or do one or two things for you yeah. you just they aren't just there so that's that's what I feel like yeah there's stuff I want to do for myself as well but at the same time like I'm in a position now where I can see so many athletes and and, and people just trickling into stuff that they're passionate about and I'm like if I can give them that push even if it's just like a conversation we have that I'm interested about what they're talking about and then they their mind just goes boom someone's yeah. interested and gives them a yeah. push in the right direction yeah. then it then that's that's what I'm here for now for sure wow that's yeah. cool yeah. so what is the having just maybe for the first time announced on any form of public yeah media exclusive exclusive yeah. <laughs> we can announce our first we've got an exclusive 
It's, it's uh, an official retirement. <laughs> I probably should tie it into the Facebook, you know, the, the retirement post. But it, it's right, it'll take it's, a couple of weeks for this no, anyway. Exactly. And that's the, the thing. Like, I'm still training as if like I'm going to keep going just because it's routine for me and I can't not train. I feel like everything I revolve my world around is training. Um, but it's it was a tough decision. Like it was one of those ones I... I you go through that Olympic lull or like a lull after you've done something massive, like you build everything up to that and then it's done and then yeah. you're like, it just sort of feels like it crumbles and you're like, what am I doing with my life? What <laughs> am I here for? And then... Uh, you do that every day. Yeah, I know. And, it's, <laughs> and it just took me so long to figure it out. I'm like, what do I want to do? And I just had no idea. I was like, well, I'm going to move to Canada. Like I'm getting married next year and, and the stuff that was happening... But I didn't really know, I didn't have that passion or something to push me going forward. And it's... Uh, Can you it's, say passion in your dad's, in your dad's thing? Passion. <laughs> passion. Passion. Dad, dad, I love dad was on a podcast uh, yeah. maybe four or five ago. That's right. You might get to it. It was pretty intense. Here's, here's one for you, mate, yeah. uh, that I believe sums up. And you may have heard it, but mm-hmm. I think there's, there's obviously an element of luck that... that 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 happens, right? Yeah, and sure. I think a lot of people trivialise luck, and I think Michael and I might have talked about it plenty of times. But th- there's a quote that they say is luck is where preparation meets opportunity. Oh yeah. And it's clear that you did the work. Yeah. It's clear that you did the work. And th- and that's what I keep bringing myself back to when I when I question myself, like was I really good enough to make it? And I said, well, I put in so much work, and the people that were around me yeah. saw that. Yeah, I might have been the best athlete in the world. But at the same time, I pushed myself to that and the doors were open and yeah. I just, I picked the right line. Like that Bradford dude, isn't it? What's that, that dude that won? Yes, yeah. it's yeah. funny. Bradford. Yeah. A lot of people say like, oh, that was Australia's you know, first gold medal and, and we were just lucky. The guy made the final. Yeah, exactly right. He had to he be was there. A good athlete. He had to be there. It was just lucky that they fell over and, and he then didn't. he, and he, he had did this, it. the yeah. self-awareness. He knew, yeah. I'm not going to be able to compete with these top, three or four guys so I'll have a small chance if I sit out the back hope that they have a crash and cruise through so he did he had a strategy he was a chess player at the end of the day and just kind of knew I don't have the skills there he played his strategy he did the work he did the work the opportunity opened up he took the opportunity and that's what you did Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's what the challenge is for you. 100%. You keep doing the work. Take the opportunities. And it, but it, it, like I remember you guys saying in a, in a previous podcast is, is you need to learn what opportunities to take and what opportunities not to take. Like doing free work for someone yeah. like, you know, to get your, your name out there. Like is that, like which ones to pick? Because if you start doing a lot of that, then you like your, your brand starts becoming dulled down. You sort of want to keep that exclusive yeah, sure. to you, you know? The, the, but what, the, the, the part I play with opportunity is that You've got to be discerning with the opportunity you take, but the opportunity that you don't, the opportunity you don't take, mm-hmm. don't disappear. They become somebody else's opportunity. So yeah, yeah. value the opportunity mm-hmm. and don't trivialise it. Use discernment and then move on. The other side of that is how many people would have had a similar, like how many failed sprinters would have had a door like that and had too much ego to even explore. Yeah, that, oh, that, that explore that and is, trying it. Like that would be huge. It's the amount of people that come over and see, it's funny you telling people the story and like they see the 50 seconds you're on TV at the Olympics. Hmm. 
And then they're like, oh man, I could, I could do that. If everything you do, I could do it. And the amount of people... Cotton's thinking that right now. Yeah. I thought that last night, yesterday, at breakfast. The amount of people that come over and become, try and be a bobsledder, and they see the hours and hours of work of like polishing runners, which is the most mundane thing <laughs> in the entire world, like basically sandpaper over steel to make it shiny. And you have to do that every race. And it takes hours and hours and the prepping the sled and maintaining the sled and training, all that stuff. They come over there and they're like, no, I don't want to be a part of this. And it's, yeah, it's that's the egos that basically the send them back home. Hmm. Yeah, that's and maybe the they're scared of... No, that's cool, man. It's a great story. Yeah. I, love, I love to hear it. I mean, obviously, I'm privileged to hear it yesterday morning. And I was, well, I've been trying to get Lucas down to breakfast. Yeah, oh, man, but he, he works things. up in the hills or something, man. Yeah, yeah. that forest hill. <laughs> Well, that's fine. First, a small place. <laughs> that's true. Oh, I don't mind driving. Actually, it gives me time to listen to Simple Minds. You know? That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's cool though because we we do take for granted the reach we have. You know, we've had a Rio Olympian here the other the other week. You know, a, a dual dual Olympian, and the prox it, it's it's about proximity, right? I, I I don't give a fuck about anything else. If you put yourself around great people, then great things happen. Mm-hmm. Proximity is power. Now, I've, and I've I've been subscribed to that philosophy for the best part of the last nearly ten years. Uh, and I'll do anything to put myself around great people. The, great the opportunities people. that come from people you know, and if you surround your people around yourself by people that are like amazing, yeah. or like that really want to change something, doors will just be flinging yeah. open, and you just yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really happy Marco made it happen, man. Hundred percent. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I've cut. You know what? I didn't even need to share the bit. Of, oh, I'm gonna link it up in the show notes anyway. But the content, literally every single bit that. You just, you guys just covered off, and Lucas in your story is insane about um, you being open to opportunity. Things that are things that are happening are happening for you, not to you. And that was one of the big reasons the, I wanted to share it. The, and the, the for you part, though, Marco. The for is, you is, is the doing the work part. You'll yep. never see the for if you don't do the work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. And man, your story is. Hundred percent about doing the work. Fuck both it is, yeah. and, and yours will be, and Michael's and everyone's is, will and be. Jacobs is. Yeah. That is your story. And Matt's. Yeah. Oh, Magic. Hey, <laughs> hey Matt. And I don't really like to do the work. What about you, Swaggy? Bro, do you do the work, bro? I try. Sometimes. <laughs> I try. <laughs> Sorry, Kanye. Swaggy's the old name. So I've lost track of time. I didn't really want to yeah, end it today because um, it's my last one. No. But um, let's start tearing up. This is the twenty-four hour we episode are, of Simple yeah. Minds. <laughs> 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 Rigging for donations. Uber Eats is on the way, uh, Marco. We don't want this to end. Um, yep. Look, what, who's got the next round? <laughs> <laughs> we need another bottle of champagne. Um, no, no but uh, very sad to be calling it on the last episode but um, you'll be back you know, oh, oh look I'll be back in some way shape or form the plan well, is to come back to Perth telephone very long. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Technology what do you mean figure thing. out but how did you <laughs> guys go in? do you know what I actually I still really enjoyed the champagne that I brought mm. I'm going to say it was off too. but yep. it, it I was think it was at that start, start yeah, of getting off yeah but it was it was I loved it yeah and then the ruiner the Conrad Brought as well. Thank you, mate. Thank you very so much. So I'm not yeah. celebrating this. So champagne chip generally for celebrations, right? This is a celebration. This is a celebration because you know you can get all sad about this shit, but the truth is this bloke's about to to, to go and plug into life in a big way. Mm-hmm. He done the work. About to as well. It's exciting to see what's what's going to be coming. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And uh, you know, thank you very much, everyone, for for your contribution to that. And I feel. Um, extremely like 
extremely privileged to get to have chats with you guys on a on a weekly basis and you know that thing about surrounding yourself with people you do become the average of the people you surround yourself by and if I have a you know if I reflect on the journey that I've been on over the last couple of years I've spent a lot of time with you guys mm. and the the person that I become day in day out I I I really like and there are things that I'm always going to want to work on myself about you get the rest of your life bro yeah but um you know one of the one of the best decisions conrad was questioning your fucking weird instagram <laughs> posts and being like i want to go for a coffee with you and then so thank you for introducing me facebook man so, work for you work for marco yeah but, um, <laughs> hey look you you know you link me up so thank you you personally thank you very much no conrad. Problem, and uh and um i'm gonna do us all proud over there as well so no doubt. quick shout out to trav and justin as well yeah well, you know the missing, the missing there brothers there is no like they're completely part of that as yeah, well oh, yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Miss Travi. <laughs> yeah, man, it was such a shame to travel here. Hey, Travi, how you doing? <laughs> I was just thinking that hey, last night, man. Apparently, I can't travel every week. <laughs> All right, guys, it's a very heavy heart, but also wow. exciting times for me to sign off one more Simple Minds. And uh, we'll catch you all on the next one. Champagne. See you, See you later. Ciao.